Good evening. Glad you guys are here and you could join us here at the Tulsa Church of Christ. Uh, we've, as you know, we've been going through the, the book of 1 Peter. And based on that passage we read, I think we've got quite a bit we can talk about. There's only three verses there, but the application is huge. And uh, sometimes I like to start off with a poll and ask you, how many of you are going to work for somebody in your life? Yes. And uh, I don't mean just for money. Uh, I mean, someone, someone's going to tell you something to do, and you're going to do some work for them. If you were a child, odds are your parents told you something that you needed to do. And as you got older, uh, the work ethic that your parents tried to instill in you would hopefully carry on to you. If it was a good one, it'd carry on to you, and you'd go and you'd work for someone. And so um, tonight we're going to be covering a little bit of this. I think it's ap applicable, very applicable to, to today, and it applies to everybody. Applies to everybody, and uh, almost all ages to some degree as well. So with that, tonight we're going to be talking about submission to masters, 1 Peter 2, 18 through 20. And uh, we read the verses. I'm not going to go back and reread these, reread those, but I want to share with you, I want to ask uh, a quick question of you. Why is this in 1 Peter? It's one of the first questions that we try to answer on, on, uh, on this series of lessons uh, as we go through the books and, um, uh, and, and try to ask, why, why is this in here? Uh, we just heard about submission to authorities, in particular ordinances and governmental authorities. And I want to put this in context, uh, if you back up just a little bit, and I believe that the reason why this is in 1 Peter is because of, of uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 11. So if you were to back up nine verses, I will read this for, for you because it's been a few weeks. The Bible says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So I believe that uh, here in this, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, as you read through, there's not, I don't know if I'd say there's a bullet list, but there are several different applications that we find where what we are, what, what, uh, what, what Peter is trying to say here is that uh, Christians are different. They're pilgrims. Uh, they're sojourners. And uh, we, are, we may be in the world, if you will, but we're not of it. We, we are ones that we are looking forward to uh, a heavenly kingdom. And with that in mind, we're going to act different. We have to. We've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. We're different, and we're going to act differently too. And so... Um, uh, uh, and part of how, what we're, whenever, we, whenever we do that, notice this in verse 12, it says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Those would be the people that would be without. And so uh, think of at the time that this was written, uh, based on our passage we read, it talked about servants, specifically the application uh, of, uh, of a pilgrim uh, in, in those three short verses that we read. It's written to servants. It would be a household servant. And in the time of 1 Peter, in the Roman Empire, uh, uh, this is a slave. This is someone who is a person for the right price. This is a bought, indentured person. And, um, and I'll tell you, during this time, the first century, it was a slave society. It's very, very different than what we have today uh, in America. 
One-third, a full one-third of all the Roman Empire were slaves. Can you believe that? If you took a Roman census, uh, one out of three people would be a slave. That means that they would be working in some kind of home. They'd be working in the field. They would be a person for a price, and they were owned by someone else. All their labor was owned by someone else. And, uh, and I will tell you uh, that uh, I, I, I would be willing to bet I'd be willing to bet that no doubt some of the Christians receiving this letter were slaves. And uh, because of that, why is this in 1 Peter? Because people who were slaves, people who were servants, serving masters, uh, they needed to hear this because Christians are sojourners and they were pilgrims. They were different. And if you thought of yourself as a slave, I don't know how long these people might have been slaves, but if you're a Christian, think about how... how how you might feel when you become a Christian. I'm free from sin, but am I free from my service to my master? This might have been a question that popped up. And so when we look at why is this in 1 Peter, it's because, yes, you're a sojourner and a pilgrim. You're in this life looking forward to the next one, and that is your goal, but you still have duties to take care of here, and in particular, how other people may be looking at you. And notice the latter part of this in verse 12. Once again, looking back, looking back to uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 12. Uh, so in regards to the servants, which we just read, I believe this is in 1 Peter, we're still fulfilling uh, 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 this, uh, this uh, uh, idea from Peter that uh, that latter part says that when they speak against you as evildoers. Now who's doing that? People out, non-Christians. People who are without, when they say bad things about you as a Christian, is what that's saying, um, they, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, as we're talking to servants, so servants, yes, you're free from sin. You've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, but you're still under an obligation here on earth uh, to, to be a good servant. And so, uh, you uh, think, of, think of these Christians as... Uh, uh, they're being seen by others, and if they were going, if they were, they're under, Christians are under high criticism, and someone's probably going to say something bad about you. Why? Because uh, because you're a Christian. Your religion is different. You're you're not a polytheist, or you don't worship uh, all these Roman gods that were mandated. You didn't worship Caesar, who was mandated to be worshipped as a god. And think about that for a moment. You you may be a lawbreaker if you don't do that. And so, uh, here we are, we're a servant. You may be thinking, well, I'm off scot-free. I don't have to do anything. But uh, based on what we read, written to servants, this is in 1 Peter because in the slave society, uh, you were not free from being an, uh, an earthly slave. Um, and because of this criticism from people outside the church, uh, uh, the Bible here is speaking in 1 Peter 2 and verse 12, to do good, this is in 1 Peter because Christians are to do good and to put to silence foolish and unlearned men. Those folks um, who may be accusing you, they don't know God, but they may be seeing your works, and they may be observing what you're doing, and what you do needs to glorify God. And if that requires you to be a good servant, which it does, an earthly servant, that's what you have to do. So that's why this is in, in 1 Peter, is because there were so many slaves, and they had to act, against what they may feel like acting. I don't know about you, but if I felt like um, uh, I've just been redeemed by the blood of God, or blood of Jesus, and now 
uh, man, do I, even have, do I have to show up to work tomorrow? I mean, you guys remember the disciples kind of thought the same thing. When's the kingdom going to appear, right? Do we have to go back to work? What do we need to do? And think about that as a, as a slave, which is the hardest of labor, okay? So think about that for a moment. A Christian should be a better slave because they were bought with the highest price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why I believe this is in 1 Peter, because not only should one submit to a governmental type authority and uh, to uh, also uh, have those who may speak evil against a Christian, uh, they may by the Christian's good works, not uh, or we will glorify God in the day of visitation, as this says. Um, uh, when people see you, they can say, well, those guys, those guys do what the Roman laws ask you to do. Well, likewise, now for servants, look at that. Even the Christian slave shows up to work. And that glorifies God. That's why this, I believe this is in 1 Peter and in this in particular. Oh, I forgot I had a picture there. Uh, there were a lot of slaves. And it, some of it was very, very hard. And sometimes people would just send their slaves uh, to go fight in the uh, gladiatorial to, to be a gladiator, a gladiator, just to die. And it's amazing to think about that. These were people for a price. But I want you to remember that um, as Christians, uh, our brothers and sisters that lived back then who were slaves, they were bought by the highest price of all, which is that of Jesus Christ. And that's important because uh, when we consider why is this in the Bible, and it's because of this criticism, uh, I believe that when we read this in the Bible, um, you may feel like you've been criticized. Maybe Christians uh, throughout history feel like they've been criticized uh, and they're servants of others. And so uh, maybe they get criticized at work or their, their masters are harsh. But I believe this is in the Bible because just as we read in 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12, um, the job of the Christian is to do good and to put to silence foolish and unlearned men. Why? For the cause of of the gospel for the cause of Jesus Christ so that we may glorify God in what we do because that is more important we've been purchased by the blood of Christ and that's more than what any earthly person could buy you for they can't buy your soul if you will and so uh, the Bible also said uh, and I would encourage you don't don't cave in to a fleshly lust which war against the soul and so uh, Peter wrote about that too that that um, there are fleshly lusts which war against the soul so look to the soul and uh, uh, continue just like you did with the governmental authorities that may oppress you uh, during, this, during this hard time that, uh, that Peter had talked about earlier uh, in, in, this, in this book. Uh, uh, even if you have to suffer under a master who is harsh, if their hand is harsh, um, then... Uh, you, you need to consider that and do it. And we'll talk about a few things specifically that I think you can do. But in the Bible, uh, the people that you go and work for, if, whether you're a slave in the first century or uh, you're a serf that were to work in the Middle Ages, I mean, fast forward through time, even today, when you show up to work uh, and if your boss is going to pay you, how do you work? How do you work as a Christian? Um, uh, we need to do what we read in verse 20. It says, when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. Now, if you're not suffering, you, let's say you have a great boss or your master or wh whoever you're going to be doing work for, um, then if, if you do good and you don't suffer, 
then okay, that, I mean, anyone can do that, right? So this is written for those who I think uh, have a harsh master because if, if your master is harsh, then now you have something to contend with. This is something that will war against your soul because what are you going to be tempted to do? You're going to be tempted uh, uh, maybe to act unchristian-like and not glorify God. And so I think this is in the Bible because um, uh, this word commendable, when you look and you look up the meaning of this, uh, that word commendable, uh, one, one way it can be rendered is grace. It's grace or favor. And so grace is favor. And when you think about, think about this, uh, what's commendable before God? So when you do good for your master, you do good for your boss, um, any Christian throughout time in the Bible, uh, if you take it patiently, that's the harshness, okay, because you're suffering. No one wants to suffer. But if you, if you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, I remember uh, slavery uh, has been around for a long time. Uh, today we get to choose our jobs. And there's an application for that that I'd have for us today in America. But when you think about this, those who do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God, or this is grace before God, or this is favor before God, or I would go so far as to say it's an expression of loving kindness. Now, think about this in light of Jesus Christ who died for us. Jesus suffered all the way to the cross to serve uh, uh, what the Father asked him to do. Thy will be done. And he did it. And that was an act of love to do that. And likewise, uh, we can show the love of God. I believe we can show the love of God. We can show a grace or a favor. We can show a favor to people who don't deserve it, who would be a harsh master. And... Um, and that's what we should do, because what message does that send? Who's going to speak bad about that? And so uh, uh, it's, it, 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 you would make people liars if, they, if you saw a servant who took suffering patiently. And so why is this in the Bible? Because uh, I believe that it's, showing, uh, it's commendable. Uh, it's showing a grace, uh, which is a favor. Uh, and whose favor, not necessarily ours, but it's, I believe it's uh, the favor before God, just as the Bible says here. It's something that points people to God and to say, you know what, those Christians are different. And people who did this uh, through the ages and followed this in the Bible, um, they showed uh, people who were outside the church, those who were outside or the masters, they would show that there's a loving kindness of God that even though they may be evil and they may be harsh, uh, we show them love, and that's similar to the unconditional love we got from God. And so I think those are acts of faith that sometimes you find that wins souls, but most of all it pleases God, and this is why I think this, this is in the Bible. We are first and foremost servants of God, and we are selflessly concerned more about God than other people and uh, uh, certain temptations that we would have. Because I don't know about you, but if I'm getting... If, if my master's harsh, I'm going to be tempted uh, to, I'm, I'm going to have a lust which will say, you know what, I quit, or I'm going to say something bad, or you know what, if I just throw a cog in the wrench here, or a cog, a wrench in the cog uh, of, of machinery of what I'm supposed to be doing, if, you see what I mean, if I'm rebellious, just like we read about against uh, certain authorities. So 
but this is for uh, those who are our masters. So what does this mean for you? Uh, I think today we don't live in a slave society. Uh, I, I mean, you may, you may owe some money and you may feel like you need to go to work and things like that. It's true. But what I'm talking about is oftentimes you can quit a job and you can find another one. And so uh, in that case, you're not a strict sense of a slave like you would be in the first century. Um, you're not bought for a uh, temporal monetary price. But it does mean something for you. Because when we look at that today and we say, you know, there will be people, when you go to work, whoever you may work for, if you're working for your parents, if you're working for um, a boss who uh, may be paying you, um, whoever you may be working for, then uh, what we need to do is what this passage say. One of them was talked about servants being submissive with fear, and we need to be like that too. Whoever we work for, we should obey with fear. And I want to talk about a few things. Who's the fear of? I believe that this is the fear of God. So when you understand, when, in a sense that, you know, who do I actually work for? Um, when I uh, work for my boss, yes, it's true, I do some work for him. But I also, uh, uh, I also work knowing that I also work for my uh, Father in Heaven. I'm also working... Um, uh, to do his will which he has asked us to do in, in first Peter here and so if you look at the verse uh, Colossians 3 and verse 22 the Bible says this reading through verse 24 it says bond servants which is another type of slave that's a slave obey in all things your masters according to the flesh not with eye service as men pleasers but in sincerity of heart fearing God and whatever you do do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that the, from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So in, uh, in fulfilling what this passage is asking us to do, to obey our, our masters, even the harsh ones, um, as long as you're at your job, what you need to do is you need to do what your boss asked you to do. And you need, when you work like that, you need to work as though you were working for God because serving your boss in a godly way is serving God, and um, uh, and I, I believe that um, uh, that's something that this means for us today. That we when we do that, we need to do it heartily. What that means is our, we've got our heart in it. Now I know work can be hard. Sometimes you can look at that, but um, this isn't something where you're going to be grumbling. Uh, this isn't going to be something where, where as long as you choose to work at this job, man, work like you're working for God. That means you don't do things when He's not looking. That means you don't subvert, you don't, uh, uh, you don't war against your boss as long as you're working with them. So whatever job you've chosen to choose, I mean, I'm glad you get to choose, but be helpful. Meet the master's need of the moment, and um, that means sometimes you may need to put some of your needs on hold. Um, and, uh, but you obey. You do what you're supposed to do, and um, do those things according to flesh. And I like what it said in Colossians uh, 3, it says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart fearing God. And so what I think that means is that, man, we remember that God can see you wherever you are, and that's how we need to serve. Uh, we need to serve our masters like we're, uh, we would serve God in that sense. Um, also, uh, it also said if you uh, suffer patiently, and sometimes if you have a harsh, let's say you have a boss that you disagree with, 
I'll tell you, I've worked for people I've disagreed with before. I've had different opinions. Maybe you have too. Uh, the, the younger I am, I notice the, the, the more I disagreed. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, the Bible says if you, if, you, if you suffer patiently, and I would encourage you to suffer patiently, if you're suffering, you need to be patient. You need to be patient. And I would encourage you in this. Um, I encourage you, if you're patient, uh, that means that you don't expect, like this, you know, your battery may be l running low, and you may be thinking, uh, man, I'm at the end. I don't want to do that. And uh, some of you guys have a short fuse, which means people can say things that can set you off pretty quick. And particularly if uh, someone, uh, if your boss offends you, and what they're trying to do or trying to say, and you quickly retaliate, uh, then I would tell you your patience is low. What you need to do is, instead of retaliating right off the bat or being argumentative, once again, stay under control. Um, don't let anger be your default immediately. Don't, don't act on your anger as a default action if you feel you've been treated unfairly. Um, uh, if you do, uh, if you act on Christian uh, or you, you act out and you start retaliating, um, you're not being very patient. And so I uh, this passage for us means that, man, we need to be patient. We need to be patient like Christ was for us, like God was for you. He's long-suffering. And um, how long did it take for you to realize that you were a sinner? How long did it take for you to realize that you needed the gospel of Jesus Christ to save your sins? How long was it until you realized that your parents were actually right and not as foolish as you thought when you were younger. So uh, bear in mind, and I would encourage you in this, to have patience. There may be things they know that seem harsh, um, but maybe the harsh is, uh, is something that is just offensive, and you just need to maybe need to ask a question. So I just encourage you in this. Um, uh, just because you don't get what you want right off the bat, uh, uh, don't start heating up inside right off. If you do, you sense an emotional reaction, have patience. Wait. Uh, don't rush right in. And I'll tell you that uh, patience is one that waits and it tries to make peace. Ask some questions. Um, and uh, that's what I would encourage you to do because uh, the Bible says to, if you suffer patiently, it's commendable before God. It shows grace and it shows loving kindness uh, to the person next to you because you may want to be treated that way uh, as well one day. And so... Uh, Number three is uh, I'd show I'd say uh, love kindly, and um, the reason why I say this is because uh, we mentioned that it was commendable before God, which is a favor. Uh, and when you show grace to people uh, in in instances like this, if if uh, you've been wrong, but instead of re returning evil for evil, uh, you show the love of God. Uh, by uh, obeying and being patient and also um, you can show a loveness back and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of kindness that you can give back to your 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 master or your boss today um, <clears throat> a few a few tips on that uh, one is be gentle that seems odd because if your boss is kind of harsh to you maybe he's terse maybe she's terse um, you can be gentle back uh, and what I mean by that is um, a good servant is going to be careful how they 
act back. You don't get to say whatever you want back, and it'd be okay. Um, I think you need to watch what you, your temper, uh, like we mentioned on being patient. If you must speak something that's the truth, maybe there's a safety issue or something like that, you need to talk about. Maybe someone else uh, uh, on the job could be in trouble. Um, if you must speak, to speak uh, and say the truth, then do so in love. And that means that you, you say it in such a way that you bend over backwards to make it as easy to hear as possible. Okay? You don't start off with all the insults and why they're wrong. Uh, believe me, I've been in meetings, and I've had people start off with that, and it just it, it doesn't sit well. It's not loving kindness. And I would encourage you to uh, start off with uh, a gentle response. Uh, next, I would say be willing. Uh, don't just obey. Uh, willingness is, uh, I, I believe, a type of loving kindness. It's a way uh, that you can glorify God on the work in your work. Um, I would say uh, be willing to be agreeable. Um, once again, instead of being obstinate or reluctant, stubborn, try to stay flexible. And once again, try to ask, I would say ask questions. Uh, rather than complaining, make, maybe making excuses, um, try to look for reasons, compromise, and maybe accommodate what they're trying to do. Uh, sometimes if you get your job done fast enough, you can go back and say, hey, I'm really kind of curious. I, I got the job done, but I was really kind of curious why we did that instead of this. Man, I'll tell you, even the harsh boss has to sit back for a moment and say, man, everyone else complains about that. I've had, I've had a guy tell me that before. He said, everyone else calls in sick the moment that a, a, a drop of, or a, a flake of snow hits the ground. <laughs> so you can say, hey, uh, uh, you know, uh, I still made it to work. Um, you know, do the dirty jobs, things like that. Be willing and uh, uh, be willing to also listen uh, whenever they give you a response. Uh, it may not be what you want to hear, but be willing. Lastly, I would say, uh, if you can, uh, try to take initiative. Now, it seems strange. So if you're talking to a slave, how do, how do you tell a slave in the first century to take initiative? How do you say that that's being loving to a, a, a harsh master? Well, um, uh, taking the initiative is thinking ahead. I mean, how, how strange would it be if all the non-Christian slaves were grumbling, they're down, they're sad, and yet the one, one that's redeemed by the blood of Christ says, man, this is horrible, but you know, the master asked us to do this, but what if I asked to do more? How counterintuitive is, than that? is it than that? What do you think the other slaves start thinking? Well, they may resent you, I don't know. But one thing you may be do, they, that may be strange is if, why is it that the Christians show such loving kindness toward a harsh master? That may, that may be the type of action that wins someone's soul. And it sure, certainly is commendable. Certainly is showing a type of grace or a favor to someone who doesn't deserve it, potentially, that would be your master. But, G, uh, but God says that we are to obey uh, with the fear of God, uh, with all, or obey with all fear. And so uh, uh, I would encourage us to think about that. That graceful servant, uh, man, they'll be the, the one that smiles first. I mean, it may be a bad day, but if you can wear a smile, uh, the first to forgive a harsh master first. And uh, they're the type of uh, servant that doesn't require their boss to have everything together before showing them God's love. Because I'll tell you guys, uh, a lot of this, and it'll be in verse 21. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that too much for you, but as we work under our earthly masters here, and we work toward, we and we work for them like we were serving God, uh, because uh, we want to be commendable to God, 
And we want to show others uh, grace and favor that God showed us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While our Master was harsh, we showed them the love of God too. And I think that's commendable before God. I think that's what this is teaching us. And when we act on that, uh, we're a servant that sees that need. Um, if you can, make the move first. Make the move first. Make it uh, uh, to be patient. Make, make it obedient and uh, love them kindly just like we've been loved too first. That's all I had to say for today.